SaaS people to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution courtesy of Sascribe Media. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and uh, super excited to be joined today uh, by none, none other than uh, Christoph Jans, uh, managing partner at Point9 Capital. Welcome, Christoph. Thanks very much, and yeah, good afternoon, Alexander. Yeah, yeah, good afternoon. I mean, it's a, a real pleasure uh, to have you here. As I say, I've been uh, hoping to have you as a guest for uh, uh, for a while now, and uh, I guess, well, uh, hopefully our discerning readers, um, you know, are, are pretty much all within the SaaS industry, so I'm expecting they know who you are, but a very short introduction um, in that uh, Christoph uh, was previously an in, in internet entrepreneur, uh, an angel investor. Um, in 97, uh, Christoph co-founded deep, uh, DealPilot.com, uh, which was acquired by Shopping.com. And in 2005, uh, Christoph co-founded PageFlakes, uh, also acquired by uh, Live Universe. Um, and you know his notable investments include Zendesk, Free Agent Central, and, uh, and Gecko Board. Um, uh, that's that's about correct, yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, okay. Excellent. So uh, after being, I guess, a, a successful, um, you know, internet entrepreneur, why did you become a VC and why did you start Point Nine Capital? Yeah. Um, there was not really a um, like a big plan behind it. it. It's not like this was a clear career path that I had always planned to pursue it. Um, it all kind of happened in a, in a natural way. Um, so when when I, I left PageFlakes, the the company that I had founded and, and which you which you mentioned in the introduction, when I when I left the the company after the the sale in early two thousand eight, um, I wasn't quite sure uh, what's next, and uh, I was basically looking around on the internet looking for new interesting things and i i was open to potentially creating another company but also wasn't wasn't really in in a rush and then i stumbled on zendesk which at that time was still a very young tiny company but um it was what got me interested into saas um, and then since uh, Zendesk worked out uh, very well, of course, since I've been yeah, really, really fortunate uh, mm -hmm. with, with this investment, um, I then uh, looked for more uh, SaaS companies that were somewhat similar to Zendesk in, in one or the other way and then made a few more SaaS investments and I kind of started to like it. And then a few years later, I teamed up with Pavel Hutsinski to create uh, 0.9 Capital. But this is, again, also something which just kind of happened naturally over time because Pavel and I, we were already working together informally on some seed investments. Um, and then we, at some point, we decided that, it, uh, that we're ready for the next step and, and raise a, a bigger fund together. Okay. Okay. And, and what the, the the name Point Nine Capital? What what does that uh, stand for? Um, do you have? A, do you? I let you guess. I typically <laughs> let everybody take a guess, and some people get it, but some some also came up with some very nice. Uh, maybe equally viable creative ideas. So, what's your guess? <laughs> oh, you put me on the spot here, and uh, yes. I, I, so I, I probably should have drunk more uh, more, more coffee. But um, 
Um, uh, I, I don't know. My my really terrible guess would be that um, as a VC firm, um, you help elevate startups uh, through nine different. Uh, uh, pillars or, or points. Um, uh, that's <laughs> good idea. It's yeah. a good idea, but not quite right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I've, I've also heard things like um, nine bullet points and I don't know what, but the, the real answer is that it's a, just a little play on version numbers. Um, so it refers to the point nine version of a, a, a product, which is uh, typically what comes before you launch a, the first public uh, version of the product uh, uh, or, or we could be referring to a, a public uh, beta version. So it's just saying that we're early stage investors and that we're happy to invest in companies at an early stage when they might not be completely ready maybe the team isn't complete yet or the product isn't quite launched yet so that that's basically all that's to it okay it's, it, it, that's a um a better explanation uh, uh than, than than mine for sure <laughs> so uh, and you know vcs uh, to me anyway i mean they you, you know seem to be super busy people almost sort of you know 24 seven um, you, and, and receiving thousands uh, or you know hundreds or thousands um, you know of uh, of pitches via email uh, you know on a on a weekly basis I mean how how many uh, pitches do you actually sort of personally take uh, and you know at what point uh, does point nine uh, or um, you know look for uh, you know in a startups when, when being pitched yeah yeah um yeah, it's all everything that you've said. I think is is true. Although I I would add that um, I'm probably not as busy as many of the founders which might be listening into this this mm -hmm. podcast here. I think actually um, busy as I am and I as much as I do, and I can talk a bit more if you want about like what that actually is. I, I still think that um, like founders or CEOs. Um, probably have the more difficult job, um, and and probably even there's more more pressure and more more time pressure, and you have to deliver product on time and hire people very fast and be always uh, available for for your team. Whereas we at point nine were a, were a small team, um, which and my colleagues take a lot of work off my shoulders. At the same time. We're also not growing the team very fast, so uh, the amount of management uh, that I have to do is is much much less compared to someone in an operational role. Um, so busy, yes, but but no reason for uh, to 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 complain. And to to answer, I think the second part of your question was like what we're looking for when in, in all those many pitches mm -hmm. to find out which are the ones that, that we want to invest in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a variety of, of factors. Um, li like other investors, we're looking for startups that go after large opportunities, um, really, really dedicated, energetic founders that have the the drive and the and the passion and the um, and uh, the conviction and commitment to build large companies, which is 
obviously insanely difficult and and, and very um, so um, we the, the the finding the right that right people is is definitely the the most important uh, piece mm-hmm. but um, we are of course also looking at the, the the product and the competition and the the size of the market and and what level of proof in tr- for product market fit uh, there might be already um, we we typically invest at a stage where there is some proof of product market fit already which can come in the form of having uh, some some usage or, inc- or or growth or some some paying customers um, so we, we, we it's very rare that we in, invest at a stage where there's just one or two guys in a PowerPoint presentation, although, although it did happen one or two times. But at the same time, we're happy to invest at a much earlier stage than most of the bigger VCs that are focused on, on Series A financings and, and later stage financings. Okay, okay. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I've seen a few uh, and heard you know, a few VCs often publicly advising startups you know, do not take VC money, um, and, and kind of saying that you, you know, if you take VC money, then it, it, it's it's possibly the wrong, uh, you know, path uh, that you know VCs could potentially you know take over uh, your company. It's gonna, it's a real sort of hard deal. You know, is this a, a kind of doctrine that you subscribe to? In that you, you know, advising most sort of startup founders not to go down the VC route and to try and bootstrap, uh, you know, or find other means of funding? You know, do you think that is a, it's a reverse psychology uh, play or, or VCs genuinely mean don't take VC money? Yeah, um, I think it, it really depends on the type of company that you want to build and the environment that you're in. Um, I mean, it, it. I mean, there. I mean, most uh, like small businesses that get founded probably don't raise venture capital, and probably they can't, and also they shouldn't. Um, but if you want to build a a global business um, um, in in SaaS or with an online marketplace or or a consumer internet company. Um, then I think in most cases you you'll just need uh, money to to grow faster because you're not operating in a, in a vacuum. Um, if it was just you and and no competition and you could take as much time as you want, then it would maybe maybe you shouldn't uh, raise money and avoid the dilution. Um, but uh, the reality is that. If if there are big opportunities in the market, it usually attracts a couple of players. Um, so it's it's usually a, a race for for market share, and 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 money can obviously not um, is not the only solution to to win, but it's usually part of the solution because you uh, need to build a team, and and usually you don't have enough revenues in the beginning to, to, to pay the people that you need to, to build out the product and, and bring it to the market. So um, to come coming back to the earlier um, part of my answer, I think it really, it really depends on what company 
your building and 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 what your vision is and what your ambition is. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I've um, you know also uh, seen a, a lot of VCs. Um, you know, specifically uh, in my personal experience, um, US-based VCs that have this sort of policy not to invest in startups, founders that aren't geographically based near them. But, uh, you know, they, they, they say that they can't help if, you know, the founders are not you know, necessarily in the same town or the time zone. But point nine, um, you know, are based in Berlin, or, or some of you are, um, and have investments in the US, Japan, New Zealand, and UK, and probably many other countries that uh, I've not named. So why are you agnostic with regards to the geography of founders and investments? Yeah, um, yeah. What, what you said is right. Most VCs, especially the ones in the US, are um, pretty focused on or usually limit their um, efforts on companies that are very close to them. Um, I think one one reason for this is probably that if you are a Silicon Valley-based investor, there is simply no need to look elsewhere because that ecosystem is, is so huge and highly concentrated. Um, in, in Europe, on the other hand, um, the landscape is much more fragmented, and there are there is not just one city or one region in Europe which is uh, producing uh, great startups. Um, it's it's a number of countries and and cities, and we've seen uh, great companies in, in we see them everywhere, and and we have made investments in. Uh, in in many European, if not most of the European countries, and in in some cases even even outside of Europe, mm. um, it means that we work together with the founders in somewhat different ways than it used to be in the past. Um, it means less physical meetings, le less interactions where you're in the same room with the founders. Um, it, it means more um, collaboration over Skype, over Basecamp, or, or various other um, tools. Um, but I think that's just um, that's just the way it is. And if we were limiting ourselves to investing only in Germany or, or only in Berlin, then we would miss all the other great companies that we that we see if we look a bit further away. Sure, sure. No, absolutely. And um, well, I think uh, uh, if you talk about sort of missing, if, if you did have that focus only in Germany or in Berlin um, or even in, in Europe, then of course you wouldn't have invested in companies like Vend, you know, for instance, which um, right. you know, I'm sure is uh, uh, en route to being, uh, you, you know, very uh, successful um, uh, investment for you, for you guys. And I, I guess talking of your, your current portfolio, um, you know, Vend, uh, Chart Mogul, uh, Front, and Algolia are, are for me probably you know the, the big names, the ones that I sort of instantly recognise, um, you know, and, and see um, you know doing really well in the market. Um, you know, but which out of your sort of recent uh, SaaS investments in particular are you super excited about? Um, you know, and, and that we should be too. Yeah. Yeah. That question is always a bit tough because we it's a bit like the question of like which of your kids yeah. do you love the most? Yeah, yeah. Um, we love all of them. Yeah. Um, so if if I talk about or if I single out some 
companies that shouldn't say anything about uh, about other ones. So maybe um, maybe I, I just talk about some of our more more recent investments. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one of the I think one of the more more recent or the most recent SaaS investment that we've made is a company called Procurify. Uh, again, based in Vancouver, quite quite a long distance uh, for us. Um, and Procurify is a cloud-based procurement solution uh, for medium-sized uh, businesses, um, which makes the whole procurement process um, really, really easy. Um, so like, like many other SaaS companies that we've invested in, it's uh, a software company which uh, tackles something which most people would probably consider to be a pretty boring or even unsexy problem. Um, but um, we're really fascinated by what they're doing. Yeah, well, I guess um, boring and unsexy was, you know, something that uh, Mikhail uh, Svane, you know, certainly wrote about, you know, in his uh, his book, Startup Land, and, uh, you know, people obviously uh, saying that Zendesk, you know, was uh, was very boring and unsexy uh, problem, but obviously it turned out uh, um, to, to be very good. So hopefully yes, Procurify, absolutely. Procurify will, uh, um, you know, do the same. Um, we hope that, so. Um, and um, you, like many VCs, um, you also blog on a, you know, fairly sort of regular basis and, you uh, uh, recently, um, uh, and I'll link to your, your your blog as well in the in the published transcript. That you recently published a post um, that being bullish on on SaaS, and that was kind of on the back of SaaS stocks, you know, tanking recently. You know, Salesforce, Viva, Workday, you know, all seeing you know a fairly sort of large um, you know decline. Um, in, uh, and uh, I, I guess on, on the back of that, um, you, you know, the question uh, to you is: that, you know, Will we continue to see huge valuations, um, you know, in SaaS companies? Sometimes, you know, fifty x, um, like uh, I think Zenefits, for instance. Um, mm -hmm. and, and also, uh, the, I guess the second part um, is: You know, will it be the norm to stay on the private market and not go public? Because I haven't seen too many mm -hmm. IPOs this year. And if you look at DocuSign, for, mm -hmm. for instance, raising you, you know a ton of cash, Series F, no rush to go public. Um, yep. you, you know, so what's your thoughts around on those two points? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it seems that what we're currently seeing um, and which is is really very different from what the markets looked like like 15 years ago or so when when so many dot-com companies went public um, is that currently the valuations on the public markets are uh, usually much lower than the valuations which the best startups can get um, from private in private rounds from VCs or private equity investors, um, and that is certainly one of the reasons why companies don't don't feel in in any rush to, to go public because they can uh, raise huge amounts of of capital at at very high valuations without going public. Um, whether that is going to uh, stay 
like this or if it's going to change, I, I really don't know. Um, depends on so many, many, many factors. So I, I think I, I don't really have an answer or, 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 or speculation on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your first part of your question was if, if valuations will continue as, as high as mm-hmm. they are for, for companies like, like Zenefits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah. I think we're currently seeing an interesting um, phenomenon in the market um, where uh, those companies that either are the clear winners or are perceived to be the next big superstars uh, raise money at really, really high valuations. Um, and I think for for some of them, it's it's probably justified, and, and maybe maybe Zenefits is is one of them, um, and and for for others, it, it's not. But here, uh, one of the reasons is certainly that there is a large amount of capital available by later stage VCs, uh, private equity in, uh, investors, and 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 other big sources of of growth financing. Um, and they, because of the economics of their funds or investment models, they need to do everything they can in order to be in those winners or, or unicorns because there just aren't that many unicorns. So you have to do everything you can to be in in the, in the small number of, of, of unicorns that are born and, and made every every year or every decade. And because there's just so much capital and not so many unicorns, that, that drives up the valuations of, of those unicorns so much. Um, I think this could also change again. I think it's probably uh, subject to a cyclic development where interest in this type of investment or entire asset class goes down, goes up and down in, in in longer cycles, so I, I think this is something which um, could could change as well. And and also, as I've written in this blog post, I think this is I'm I'm trying to not even think about that or about public market valuations too much um, because I, I mean I'm super bullish about. SaaS and, and the cloud in the long run for, for many reasons, some of which I've described in this blog post. Mm-hmm. Um, and the short-term fluctuations in valuations, whether it goes up or down, whether it's for private stocks or, sorry, public stocks or private companies, it it doesn't really matter. It's almost like a parallel reality. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and two two other points, I guess um, you, you know that I found very uh, interesting from that um, uh, particular post um, uh, was that you you mentioned that IDC estimates that um, in two thousand and fifteen the market share of on-prem uh, deployments in enterprise is still you know yep. around eighty percent, so it's still this huge opportunity for for SaaS. Um, you know, uh, as a, as a whole, and uh, you, you know, uh, when do you? Uh, I, I guess it's, it's difficult to say as well. But you know, when do you predict it will be? You know, eighty percent, you know, cloud and twenty percent on prem, or you, you know, a hundred percent SaaS. You know, if uh, ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's hard to estimate like how like when when it will switch to uh, cloud getting like the majority of the investments or 80% or or even 100% i mean what's clear is the direction that every year um the uh, the part that goes to the cloud goes up and the part that goes to on-premise goes down. Um, and it's it's um, developing in this direction at a pretty high speed. So hard to say like how long it'll take um, to really like re- reverse that, uh, that ratio, maybe another five to 10 years or so. Um, but, I, but I am convinced that in the longer term, um, almost everything, maybe, maybe everything, will will move to the cloud. I, I just can't find uh, enough compelling reasons to for uh, for for on-premise uh, deployments. And maybe in twenty years from now or so, it, it'll be unheard of that someone um, could run their own uh, servers in in their. Uh, office or in their own data center and, and maybe people will, will laugh at that idea yeah yeah, yeah no a- absolutely absolutely I, I mean certainly i'm i'm just about um a, a millennial um and you also sort of mentioned that the millennials you know are driving this yep. uh, sort of uh, decision making processes because they will be the future it decision makers yep. and all the millennials have you know been grown up with facebook and gmail and personally you know myself it's everything is you know in the cloud and yep. i wouldn't you know think about using on prem although i'm i'm not an it manager right yep. Um, yep. but um, but yeah so i certainly think you know based on that sort of trend of the the millennials that um, you know saas is is certainly you know it's going to capture this 80%, you know, make it 50 to, you know, whatever, maybe 70, 80 in favor of, uh, uh, of SaaS and, um, you, you know, uh, software being in the cloud. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good on the millennials. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think um, people uh, like you or maybe even younger people who eventually uh, take over like critical decision maker positions uh, in, in companies. Um, I think they'll probably just not ask the type of questions which the generation before them asked around security and uh, or other concerns because um, it, it'll it'll simply be the default assumption. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So two 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 final uh, questions and so quick questions here um, before we end the show, uh, Christoph. So. I guess the first one is, you know, will your first investment in Zendesk, you know, be the one that you'll be most famous for, or, or is there? I guess you're always hoping that there's going to be, you know, ten other Zendesks or, or another Zendesk. Uh, good, good question. Um, I mean, Zendesk was definitely a very um, fortunate pick, and it's not. Like it's not something which I can um, expect to hit again every year or maybe even every couple of years. I I do hope that we at at, at point nine, my, my partners and me, will be um, able to make like similarly successful investments um, in in the future. And some other companies are on a good 
track, although of course still like a long time to go until they reach the same level of success as Zendesk. Um, I mean, like, I mean, it's maybe maybe a, a realistic goal is to um, hope for like one Zendesk every five years or every every ten years, and maybe other successes which are also very big but not quite as big uh, a bit more frequently. Okay.